Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Can you hear me? Oh, there we go. Everybody doing all right? Let's stand and pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We pray for supernatural utterance. Think through my mind, speak through my lips. Pray none of me but all of you, Father. We thank you for miracles. We thank you for salvations and infillings. Father, I thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. And Lord, we just give your name all the praise. And we pray that your will be done in Jesus' name. Everybody agrees with that, says? Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles. Say this after me. Say, this is my Bible. Bible. I can have what it says I can have. I can can do what it says I can do. I will be taught the word of God. God. And I'll never be the same. same. I'll never ever be the same. I'll never never, ever 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 be the same. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Make some noise for Jesus Christ. You can take your seats. Joel Osteen stole that from me, but anyway. (laughs) We're in the process of suing him. No, just kidding. I actually got that from his father many years before. Um, I'm a student of history, and I love to study, especially church history, to find out what people did and, and the reason why they succeeded and the reason why they failed. And how many know that from the beginning of time, God has used men and women, boys and girls, amen? You guys heard of Billy Sunday? He was a baseball player and later on became a, a, an evangelist. And he did an open, open field um, service in New York and 94,000 people got saved on one day. So I need to find out what he did. You guys heard of Smith Wigglesworth? William Seymour? Daddy Seymour? Azusa Street, 1906. Mighty, mighty man of God. There's you, Catherine Kuhlman. And then you have... Um, the Edwards, but there was a, a particular guy that I, I'm drawn to. His name is John Wesley. Um, the Methodist church was a lot different back then than it is today. But um, um, the scripture, he, he, he had this quote called Scripture Christianity. And I, I love this. I love this. I say this everywhere I go. He says, here I am, and I am my Bible. I will not, I dare not vary from this book. Either in great things or small, I have no power to dispense with one jot or tittle of what is contained therein. I am determined to be a Bible Christian, not almost, but altogether. Who will meet me on this ground? Join me on this or not at all. I love that. He said this also, I want the whole Christ for my Savior. I want the whole Bible for my book the whole church for my fellowship, and the whole world for my mission field. I'll read you this story. Uh, when evangelist John Wesley was returning from home from a service one night, he was robbed. The thief, however, found his victim to have only a little money and some Christian literature. As the thief was leaving, Wesley called out, Stop! 
I have something more to give you. The surprised Robert Pauls, my friend, said, Wesley, you may live to regret this sort of life. If you ever do, here's something to remember. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And the thief ran away and Wesley prayed. Years later, Wesley was greeting people after a Sunday service when he was approached by a stranger. What a surprise to learn that, th that, his, that this visitor, now a believer in Christ as a successful businessman, was the one who had robbed him years before. I owe it all to you, said the transformed man. Oh, no, my friend, Wesley said, not to me, but to the precious blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. And my last quote from John Wesley that I love so dearly, he said, get on fire for God and men will come to see you burn. Um, today, we're going to talk about something that's powerful. It's the name of my message is called The Cross, The Defeat of Satan. Everybody say, The Cross, the, cross. the, defeat, of the defeat of Satan. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. It says this, the New King James Version. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Amen. The Amplified says this, for Christ, the Messiah, sent me to... Send me not, send me out not to baptize, but to evangelize. Can you flip it over? Just, yeah, I'm back. Thank you. I think you had it right. You can flip it back over. <laughs> but to evangelize by the preaching of the glad tidings, the gospel, that not with verbal eloquence, lest the cross, the cross of Christ should be deprived of force, empty of its power, and render vain, void of value, of none effect. For the story in the message of the cross is folly to those who are perishing and on their way to perdition. But to us who are being saved, it is the manifestation of the power of God. I'm going to attempt in these couple moments to, to hit four points. What happened before the cross, what happened at the cross, what happened after the cross, and how, can, how you can release the power of the cross 2,000 years later. I can boldly say with full confidence and conviction that this message is the most powerful message upon the face of the earth. Above your prosperity, above your healing, above your deliverance, above how to raise your kids, above how to find a mate, above anything else, this message is the foundation of Christianity. Without this message, we are lost. And a lot of us, we've been going after the package of the cross instead of the cross. I'm here today not to preach to you how to get a million dollars, how to find a spouse. I'm here to preach to you the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. I often say this to the teens. The most important book in the whole entire world is the Bible. And most of us, we read about the Bible instead of reading the Bible. The devil is afraid of you and I discovering what God did for us. I'm here to challenge you and charge you to get in your word on a daily basis. Make it a point. If you don't remember anything else, remember to read your Bible every day. You want to keep the devil away? Get in the word of God. 
I don't care if people get into prayer, they get into fasting, they get into all a lot of stuff. But without the word, we have no, we have, we don't know how to pray. And, you know, um, Gandhi fasted. So fasting doesn't move God. See, when we fast, what it does, because we're Christians and we're believers in Christ, and it forces what Jesus did for us as believers. So fasting actually moves us in a position to receive from God. How many know that God is not stuck? So when people say, well, you need a fast to, to, to get a manifestation of a prayer. No, we need to get ourselves in a position so we can hear from God. Fasting shuts down the flesh. It does. And fasting is not for God's benefit. It's for our benefit. So when we fast as believers, what are we doing? We are enforcing the crucifixion of the flesh. We're saying that not only God redeemed us spiritually from our spirits, but he also redeemed our bodies. One day we'll receive a new body. But it puts our bodies in the position that Jesus died to give us. So that's a little heaven on earth, a little plug for fasting. Now the cross is defined as an upright post with a bar across it, as you see here. Near the top of, what, of which the ancient Romans fastened convicted persons to die. It was an instrument of capital punishment. So it was not unheard of of somebody dying on the cross. You remember the two thieves, right? So it's not just the physical death of Jesus that got us victory. The cross speaks of the following. The defeat of Satan... The place where God took care of the sin problem, the place where all of humanity's needs are met, the place where victory was won for all eternity. Galatians chapter 6 verse 14 speaks of that I should not boast of anything else but then Christ Jesus. In Corinthians it says, I know I don't know nothing else among you but Christ Jesus and him crucified. What happened at the cross was Adam, before the cross, Adam messed up. Adam you know, you know the story, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God created man and female. He created them in his image, and he told them to subdue the earth. He told them to um, take a dominion over every creeping things, and you know the creeps, creeps come out at night. So he told them to take authority over those things. He said also to take the herbs, not to smoke them, but to take them to eat them. <clears throat> For those who are confused. <clears throat> and some people are so controlled by a tree. A tree tells them, you know what time it is. A tree tells them what to do. And you know the story of Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, and Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 through 11. It speaks of how Adam disobeyed God. God told Adam he can take particular. Lord, touch the baby. Lord, <laughs> that Adam, God told Adam to take, they can, he can take care of um, fruit from every tree, but this one particular tree, tree not to even touch the moment that you touch it or the moment that you partake of it is the moment that you're going to experience death and so you know you heard the story of Eve how she took the how she was deceived by the devil and the devil um deceived Eve and believing a lie and Eve in return gave it to her husband and their eyes were open the glory of the Lord departed from them and they took the leaves um the, um, the leaves off the trees to cover themselves. How many know that men are still searching for God through in different ways? But Christianity is called the Great Commission. It is actually God reaching out to man. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship with a living God. And sin separated God, Adam and Eve from God. So now we have a dilemma. But how many know that God wasn't surprised by that? The Bible says that that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. He was slain. So before 
Adam ever showed up, the problem was taken care of. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it talks about the promise of the Messiah. The promise. It says the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the, the, the serpent, and the head of the serpent shall bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. So that's a prophetic word concerning Jesus. Throughout scriptures, from Genesis to Malachi, speaks of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't, care, I don't know what you're looking for when you read the Bible. Um, you can look for promises. You can look for different things to debate. But you need to look for Jesus in every book. Jesus is seen through every book. You know, people have a problem when it comes to Jesus. They'll let you talk about the higher power. They'll let you talk about the man upstairs. The man upstairs is your father, probably, or some Negro that don't need to be up there. <laughs> um, so it's not, I didn't say the other word. I said Negroes, just in case you're confused. But um, <laughs> it's all right to laugh and have fun in church, right? Um, so, and you know, God sent Moses, and he, he was a deliverer. He was a type of Jesus. And Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15 says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren. Him you shall hear. That's the word. So this is a prophetic, another prophetic scripture talking about the coming of the Messiah. I found out that everything is wrapped around the event at the cross. And yet, I went to the bookstore several months ago to do a study about the cross, because actually God told me to study the, the cross back in junior high school, and I never did it. And I understand the reason why he wanted me to do that, because there's not a lot of books about the cross. We have a generation that is crossless, does have no understanding of the power of the cross. And yet, this is the foundation of our Christian faith. Yes, we say that, oh, Jesus is Lord, but we only make him part of our lives. We don't really make, we don't really embrace what he did at the cross. Some of us, we go around, Lord, I'm so unworthy, when the blood of Jesus makes us worthy. When you mess up, when you mess up and you ask God to forgive you, and you keep reminding yourself of that sin, you're saying the blood is not enough. Let me ask you a question. You are, go to heaven, you have Hitler and Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa dies and stands before God. Why should God accept Mother Teresa? Hitler has the same opportunity, dies. Do you know that Mother Teresa has the temptation of reminding God of all the good works that she did, but yet her good works are not enough? So the, the thing about the cross is it doesn't matter what kind of lifestyle you come out of. If you will come to the cross and acknowledge the finished work of the cross, the blood of Jesus makes you as if you never did any of those things. So when you mess up, confess up so God can clean you up. And when the devil reminds you of your past, Bianca read how he's an accuser of the brother. Remind him not of his future, but of his past. At the cross of Jesus, I am made righteous. I'm no longer a sinner trying to make, be made right before God. The blood was enough. Amen? And I, we can boldly come before God based on the blood of Jesus. God loves, his love for us remains the same. It doesn't matter what we've done and what we messed up, but the blood of Jesus makes me as if I never sinned. 
Do you understand the simple truth, but yet we, 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 we ask God to forgive us and keep walling over? Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, purge me, Lord. Purge me, Lord. We come down to the altar and scream like that's going to make us justified. When you confess, the Bible says in Proverbs that if you confess and forsake your sin, you obtain mercy. Amen. And the Bible says what happened at the cross? That Jesus became sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God. I, Jesus, took upon my sick, the, Jesus took upon my sin. The, in Isaiah 53, it says that um, we, when, when men looked upon him, they weren't able to even uh, recognize him because of the sin. So every time I mess up, and every time that God has made provision not only for my mess up in the past, but for my present and my future, he placed it on Jesus. In other words, Jesus took a butt whooping for you and I. The Bible says the chastisement or the punishment of our peace was laid upon Jesus. That, Jesus, that the Father God turned his back on his son, rejected. How many guys have ever been rejected before? I've been rejected many a times. Jesus was rejected for us so that we can be accepted by God. Amen. Amen. He was oppressed so that we can have peace of mind. The, those thorns that was placed on his head was not there just for, oh, you know, he's the king of the, but they symbolize it something. When the devil comes against you and brings pressure against your mind, do you, have, do you know that you have a right to claim peace. He was oppressed so that I can have a peaceful mind. Amen. And the fear that came upon Jesus at the cross when he was, his father forsook him. The, pee, the, 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 um, the loneliness and the fear so that we don't have to deal with fear. And the Bible says that Jesus did not even open up his mouth to the devil. So that we, you and I can open up our mouths and declare what he has done for us. The Bible says that we overcome, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. For years, I've always thought that, you know, get up and just say, oh, I'll give honor to God, all that good stuff. And then they'll say, um, you know, God, you know, I got a testimony. God bless me with um, uh, some money. And then they testify about that. But that's not what that scripture is talking about. It's talking about testifying what the blood did for you. The blood set me free from fear. The blood set me free from lustful thinking. The, the blood set me free from poverty. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, that Jesus himself took upon our infirmities and bore our sickness. So if he took upon my infirmities and bore my sickness, what am I doing dealing with this sickness? I'm not saying, oh, you know, sickness come and trials and tribulations comes to us all. But we have a legal right by the cross of Jesus to stand before that sickness and says, you got to go. First Peter 2.24 says, by whose stripes you were healed if you were, you are. Past tense. First Peter, Peter was looking back at the cross. Isaiah was looking to the cross. With your stripes we are healed. First Peter says, by your stripes, we were here. If we were, we are. So we have a right. Let me talk, tell you about Abraham right quick. Abraham, you know, he represented father, the father God. Isaac represented Jesus. Okay. So Abraham, God made a covenant with Abraham. 
And you know, we're part of that Abraham covenant, right? You, know, you understand that. You, you really need to understand. In order to understand the faith, our faith in Jesus, you really have to do a study about Abraham. And it can take you years. Abraham and God made a covenant. And God said to Abraham, in you, in your seed, all the nations of the world, all the families of the earth will be blessed. You know the situation when Abraham and Sarah try to produce the, um, the promise and it, and it never happened. So the promise finally came to pass. God tells Abraham to take Isaac on the mountain to sacrifice the son. So he goes and they go up there and he actually begins to sacrifice his son Isaac. Do you know, I think 4,000 years later, Jesus was sacrificed on the same mountain. So God says, if Abraham did it, it obligated me to do it. Because Abraham was willing to give only his only legitimate son, I had to give up Jesus. And when they mess up, you know that back in the old covenant, the Bible says because Abraham believed God, that it was a charged to the cross 4,000 years ahead of time that he was declared righteous under the old covenant. You understand that? That cross had enough power to not only go from the present and future, but to go back in the past. That's power. I'm telling you, if we get a revelation of the finished work of the cross, the finished work of Jesus... Not, this, not saying that we won't have trials and tribulations, but we can boldly de- declare, because he overcame, I'm an overcomer. Because Jesus defeated the devil, made a show openly of him, disarmed him, and you, you and I as believers, the only thing we have to do is to enforce his defeat. Enforce it. You're bound. I can bind you because you have already been bound. Whatever you bind on earth shall ha- has already been bound. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed. Why? Because of what Jesus did. I can claim peace because he, he took the punishment for my peace. I'm declared righteous. I'm right before God. And righteousness is not so much of, of my action, but is having the ability to stand in the presence of God without any, without any sense of guilt and condemnation. I am declared righteous. God sees me in the bloodline. <laughs> he sees me just like if I put a glove, a glove on, you see the glove. Well, because I am a believer in Jesus and because he obeyed God and his, his works were right before God, I am declared righteous. So when God sees me, he doesn't see my hand. He sees the glove, which is Christ. We must embrace the finished work. Jesus said this. He was on the cross. He says, it is finished. What was finished? I have took care of all the sin problem. I don't have a sin problem. We don't have a sin problem. We just got to line up with what he did. Amen. We got to acknowledge, hey, I believe in my heart that God actually raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. And I confess, I vocalize and pronounce my faith in what I believe. And the Bible says I shall be saved the moment my heart and my mouth line up. So when I say what God did for me, it becomes reality in my life. Amen. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. 
power, the cross, the defeat of Satan. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, been made a curse for us. For it is written, Curses everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You understand that? That the blessings, I have a right to Abraham's blessing. I have, I, Jesus redeemed us from the curse and became a curse for us. So stop saying that you're a curse. Oh, I got a generational curse in my life. Can you pray for me? No, wake up and realize you've already been redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm not breaking no curses. If you're not saved, I'll break the curse of sin over your life. But according to the Bible, you've already been delivered from sickness and disease and, and poverty and curses. Stop saying, stop saying you curse just like your father. Stop saying that. Pronounce blessings. Listen, when you got saved and you connected with, the, with Jesus, you know Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ is the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Anointed One, and also I like to say the Blessed One. So when you got saved, you and I got saved, we got connected to the Blessed One. So I'm already blessed. I don't ever pray, and I stopped praying this for years. I don't pray to be blessed. I pray to be a blessing. Because I'm saved. I'm already blessed. I'm connected to the Blessed One. Amen? I'm chosen because I chose Him. <laughs> Anybody who chooses him will be chosen. So stop going around saying, I, I need to get this curse off, off of me. If you wake up and realize that you've already been redeemed from the curse, you've already been redeemed, just begin to pronounce the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ and says, you know what? <laughs> I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Start, find out who you are in Christ. And like pastor says, find out who Christ is in you. <laughs> How, how can you release the power of the cross in your life 2,000 years later? you got to confess Jesus as your Lord. you got to confess, not just believe. Believe in your heart that he actually was raised from the dead. And then you got to confess your sins. The Bible says he is faithful. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then you need to take and observe communion. Communion is not just a ritual that we go through because we're just agape, but it's actually re remembering what Jesus did for us. We need to always remember until the day he comes, remember what he did for us. Don't get so satisfied, oh, God, you know, I don't understand this cross. You need to dive into the, to, to the word of God and find out what everything is wrapped around Jesus. Everything is, if they're not talking Jesus, I don't want to hear it. Just shut up. Just go, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to hear, oh, you know, you know they're using opportunities to, 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 to use the word of God for their advantages. No, I'm not hearing, oh, if you want a word from God, um, send in $1,000. I'll give you a paragraph. No, shut up and get off my television. I'm already blessed. I'm already enriched. He became poor that I may become rich. Amen. So send, this, you know, send some money so I can send you some holy water. I can make my own water holy. Uh, send for the prayer cloth. No, I can lay, get my own prayer cloth, anoint it, and lay hands on myself. I'm telling you. We got to wake up and realize. Stop sending your money to these crooked preachers. If they're not preaching Jesus, get out. I'm not listening. I'm not even going to entertain you. Bible answer, man. I'm not going to listen to you because you're going to harm my faith. I'm not, going to, I'm not even going to give one. Come on. I mean, I got more. To, there's six, six books I can have time to meditate. I just got finished meditating Galatians for three months, and I'm still cracking into Galatians. And we just read it. We just read daily devotions. One scripture a day. 
that's nice. You got to start somewhere. But, I mean, God expects us to grow up. Get into the Word. Find out what he did for you. And you realize the more and more you get in the Word of God, you realize it's all wrapped around this one event, the cross. Man, do you realize I'm, I'm, I'm set free? For years, ever since I've been saved since I was four, speaking in tongues since I was eight, preaching since I was six. I've done it off, cast out devils, healed the sick, raised, no, raised, well, you know, raised my mom up from sleep, you know, <laughs> raised some spiritually dead people. But I've done it all. But more and more I get into the word, the more I realize it's wrapped around Jesus. It's wrapped around Jesus. Stop, stop magnifying your issues and your problems and start magnifying what Jesus did for you. Start talking about how big your God is instead of talking about how big your problems are. God is bigger than your problems. Amen. And, he, and the Bible says you need to declare what the Bible has done for you. You know, some people get, oh, I don't like that confession stuff. Well, all, all you're doing is just agreeing with God. I'm going to say what God says. If I go down, let it be said that I went down believing God's word. But you need to take and observe communion. It's, it's extremely important. Then you need to have faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God. So faith connects us to the power that has been provided for us at the cross. Then you need to testify of the goodness of Jesus. <laughs> Let the redeemer of the Lord say so. <laughs> say what? We've been redeemed. <laughs> talk to yourself. Pastor Powell says, talk to yourself. Usher's tried to say it too. Talk to yourself. Pastor, Pastor says, as long as you're not answering yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want, to, I want everybody to stand. Thank you, Jesus. I want every eye open, every head up. No music in the background. No, nothing to mess with your emotions. I want you to be bold enough to take a stand. Over, when we went on a mission trip, they told us not to tell people to receive Jesus to tell them to give all to Jesus. Because you know what? Over there, a lot of times, like in India, you preach the gospel, they have many gods. So they'll add Jesus to part of their God collections. We do the same over here. We say, I receive Jesus. We receive him, and that's a part of my life. Jesus is, you know, my church life, my home life, my public life. We, made him, we make him a part of our lives instead of making him our lives. And I do this every Sunday. I want you to be bold enough. If you don't want to go to hell, hell is a real place. But it's not forever. You know that. <laughs> you guys remember that, right? Hell is not forever. It's only a temporary holding place. Something worse than the hell is called the second death, which is the lake of fire. Most of us think, oh, you're going to spend eternity in hell. No. There's something worse than hell. It's called lake of fire. But if you, if you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, not just make him your Savior, but make him Lord, I want you to be bold enough to stand forth. Come forth now. Come forth. Making Jesus the Lord. I'm talking about selling out to Jesus. Selling out to Jesus. You want to just give your all to Jesus. I want you to be bold enough and come to this altar and run and say, I want the cross. Amen. Amen. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, bold enough. And I don't want to go to hell. I want to embrace the cross, bold enough.
God's pulling on your heart. I want you to be bold enough to come forth. And you're in a backslidden condition. You're not living right, consistent with the word of God. I want you to be bold enough to come forth now. God is speaking to you. Tomorrow is not promised. Get your life right to God. Amen. 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 I know there's some more people out here. Come to Jesus. Give your life. Give all to Jesus. He gave his all. We can give our all. Is there another? We'll wait for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Give it up. Hallelujah. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. I want to scare the hell out of you. Scare you into heaven. I got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. That was my reason for getting saved. Is there another? Is there another? Okay, we need, the rest of you saints, you guys need to tell people about Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. And let's join these here. Let's open our eyes and look to the hill. The cross was at the hill. Let's look to the hill because that's where our help comes from. I want you to raise your hand as a sign of surrendering all to Jesus. I want you to pray this after me, meaning with all your heart. There's no magic in the prayer. It's only faith in God. I want you to open your eyes. I want you to be bold enough. Open your eyes and look at me and say this. Repeat this after me. Mean it with all your heart. And congregation, you join them. Say, Father God, I come boldly before your throne. I'm asking for your forgiveness. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. I believe in my heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus. I make you the Lord over my life. You're the only one who sits upon the throne of my heart. And I will follow you all my days. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Make some noise for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.